Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Steph and this is the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast and I've started to do this a few times and kids keep coming in so I'm just going to keep all things crossed. It's still quite chaotic here, we're still getting used to the routine of schools and weekends are back full of sport and kids parties and today Frank, my four-year-old, came home from school and insisted on apple bobbing for an hour. (laughs) It's early October and there's three more weeks till Halloween so I don't know if this is going to be a daily occurrence or... I don't know why he even wanted to do it, but there you go. It does involve him eating fruit. So every cloud, I guess we'll go with it. Um, Today's episode is a subject that myself and every woman I know get into a lot. And that is about how we women often feel overwhelmed and like we have this massive responsibility at home that our partners just do not. And it leaves us with a lot of rage and resentment and partners who feel nagged and defensive and everyone is just a bit miserable. So we've called in an expert and that is Laura Danger, a.k.a. That Darn Chat. I had someone DM me the other day and say, my husband likes to do things like fix the porch, paint the walls, install something, clean the car out. And when I ask him to do the daily grind things like the daily cleaning, doing the dishes, putting the laundry away, checking the mail, he says, no, I'm doing all of these things around the house. I'm taking the car to get the oil changed. When the Internet goes down, I fix it. There is a difference between participating in the endless, annoying daily grind tasks and the type of task that you can tick off, that you can put on a list and then cross off because there's a finite beginning and end. Her videos have 50 million likes on TikTok, which that number is probably completely out of date by the time most people listen to this because her growth is at a bonkers pace. People really want to hear what she's saying. So Laura talks about equality and the division of labor at home in really snappy, direct videos. She's a fair play facilitator, which is a method to divide up tasks at home, founded by Eve Rodsky that we get into. Uh, As we discuss, it's not just about what happens at home. Um, as this has implications on society, workplaces, employment, your kids and their relationships when they're older, as well as our own marriages. She speaks really directly and sometimes, and going on comments and things that she sometimes gets, I think people 
probably feel really uncomfortable because essentially it's questioning your home life. And even if women are fed up and miserable and suffering with overwhelm and feeling hard done by, to tackle that is really hard in lots of ways. It goes against what many of us have been brought up thinking being a wife or mother looks like. But our generation also didn't grow up expecting um, what lots of us are kind of experiencing is we thought we could do what the boys did and then it turns out you can't, especially not after having a family without some serious conversations about how you're going to juggle it at home. It's a bit of a shock and it does leave lots of people resentful and a bit angry. She speaks so much sense. Um, Laura really helps unpack it all and questions why women are the default carer, why are men helping us at home, why it might not be the solution to write them lists and direct everything that goes on because that means you're taking on a lot of stuff in your head and lots of women also work now. and how you even begin to have this conversation with your partner, which is a massive one. We also discuss what's in it for men. Why would or should they want to have a more equal partnership at home? I cannot wait to hear what you think of this. So please message me on Insta or send us an email podcast at don'tbuyherflowers.com. And this episode is sponsored by Hudson Rose, who are an amazing mortgage and insurance brokerage with a lovely and engaged team who want to help their customers. Uh, More on them later in this episode is if you're due a remortgage and think you're totally stuck, Hudson Rose believe they can help. Right then, hold on to your hats as we are getting into it. Here's my conversation with Laura Danger. Can we start with, can you explain what we're talking about with emotional label, mental load, however you want to call it? I had a very similar experience to you. I read a book called Fair Play, which I'm now a certified fair play facilitator because it has changed my life. But in the book, Eve Rodsky, the author, basically outlines all of the background work that goes into doing a task. She's talking about um, toilet training and she's like, you have to lurk in all of the mom groups. You have to read all of the books. You have to research which diapers to use. You have to compare that to your family's values. Check your budget, check for coupons. All of these things that you do just to get one thing done. She did the groceries. She did like signing your kids up for extracurriculars. I remember listening to the audiobook on my drive home one day. I worked a full-time job at a nine-month-old or something, like a one-year-old. And she had a medical condition that had me totally underwater. And I was just screaming. It's like, oh my God, this is it. Mm. My husband helps me around the house. He's participating, but I'm still mad at him every day. Every day. Yep. (laughs) I I was just like, this is, oh my God, this is it. But I freaked out and I was crying and I came home and I was like, super mad. So yes, it's all that other, that mental stuff. That's that's the, the magic that goes into actually building a life. Basically, the premise of it is that this mostly sits with women, right? And I guess yeah. we're primarily talking about heterosexual relationships, but it sits with women as the default parent, the one that the school contacts, the one who has all the information, who is juggling all of it. And I guess the massive change that's happened is that a lot of women also work. And we'll come on to regardless of whether they stay at home or not. But that has massively shifted. But this, the who does what at home, hasn't. In most cases, it's not shifted. I think the stats are about half, maybe slightly over half of maybe U.S. households mm-hmm. have dual income. And there's that article that came out that had that data that said, even especially when women are out earning their male partners, they're taking on even more of the domestic, the unpaid domestic labor. And there was another stat, 
during the pandemic, like the first year, women specifically took on 153% more household labor. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even find the stat for men. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. In the UK, and I, and I don't know what it's like in the US, but there's a lot of discussion about like equality at work and equal pay and flexible working and that kind of thing. But the more we have these conversations, the more I'm kind of reading about it and, and from my own relationship, the more I'm like, we always need to go back 10 steps and start with what's happening at home because we can't be equal at work if we're always the one who goes to pick up the kids we're always the one that checks out early because we've got to go and do that I feel like that's just being missed except for people like you explaining it and Eve Rodsky and and Eve says the home is the last frontier of equality but I suppose what about the wider impacts because I until people see that maybe they just think that you're some woman just wanging on about it (laughs) or I'm some woman posting about it going oh okay right get over yourselves you know It's a really interesting place to be right now. And I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes it can feel like you're caught in an echo chamber where, you know, I'm surrounded by mostly women, but I have an incredible cohort of male and non-binary folks in my corner, in this corner, Mm -hmm. also shouting about this. It does feel like there's progress happening. I know with with the group of people that I'm with, with this Fair Play facilitation, I am one of only a few who are actually working hands-on with couples. I'm one of a few people talking about this explicitly focused on it online, Mm -hmm. but there are people writing books. There are people going into, I love this, going into huge companies like Microsoft level, like big, big, big companies Mm -hmm. and coaching people high up to change how they think about this. Because I know every time I talk to someone who's in a dual income partnership, when it's male and female couple, inevitably it's the, okay, school calls me first, calls me mom Mm -hmm. to pick up. And when my husband calls out or says, I have to go pick up the kids, he gets pushback. In the US, our parental leave is horrible. Yes, bad. And so so (laughs) men, men very rarely are home because a lot of men in higher up positions are older and never Mm -hmm. were expected to do that. And so when there is equality in that, men win. It's a huge support, you know, they stay married longer, they have more connection with their kids, all Mm -hmm. these things. So the wider impacts are huge. And I'm excited to see that there's research happening right now Mm -hmm. about how we can actually measure how much this is harming everybody. The thing I was thinking about, this was like a a 3am thought this morning because I hadn't really thought about it before, but I've got quite a lot of friends. We've hit 40 and people are splitting up, right? And a lot of them have partners who didn't manage any kind of equality at home, if we're like being brutally honest. And I'm seeing these men kind of absolve themselves of responsibility. So they get to say, I can't give you the money this month because I haven't got enough or That weekend that I said I'd have the kids, I can't do that because it's my new girlfriend's birthday and I'm not going to be around or whatever. They have this choice. And when they're telling me this, I get so angry. And I know it's not helpful. So you kind of have to like be like, okay, because they're they're like, there's no point in being angry because this is the situation I'm in. But it's like, I suppose that drip down of women are the primary carer, men aren't as functioning as parents, is that then they can just absolve themselves and go well, it's on her 
And then these women are left picking up so much shit on their own. But if society had a different view of it, which is that this is an important fundamental role of you being a parent, you should be involved in their childcare, you should be paying fairly, all that stuff, that would change, right? So that feels like another massive impact that you don't necessarily tie in with equality at home. So I'm reading Liz Plank's For the Love of Men right now. Have you heard of that? No. I've read through parts of it. And in her intro, she says this thing that really stuck out to me, which was we don't see men as parents. Just period. They are a professional first. They are a partner. They're a husband. Or just having a family, like physically having them, makes them a family man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. he's a great dad. What does he do? <laughs> exactly. He's, he's it's, just there. One thing that I hear all of the time, and I'm tagged in videos of this all of the time, and I try not to post them because they're very vulnerable and they're very raw. And it's when women say, my life changed and his didn't. Mm-hmm. He still has the autonomy to walk out the door. I have to ask permission. I have to leave instructions. I have to convince myself that I'm worth leaving the house. Mm-hmm. And it kills me because I have friends and loved ones who say that, but it's also because I felt that mm-hmm. when I first mm-hmm. had a kid. And for me, stepping out of that and learning to value myself and prioritize myself, it wasn't that my husband wasn't on board in the first place, because once I started doing it, he was my number one cheerleader. Yeah. But it was like society, what my friends were doing, because I took parental leave and learned all the stuff. And then he kept working. So I was like, oh, no, I know all of these things. Yeah, yeah. I'm buried under it. Mm -hmm. You talk about like the internalized misogyny and martyrdom. And I think it's a really important place to start because otherwise it's like, oh, it's all the men's fault. They're used to this. And it's like. And I think probably it'd be really easy for people to watch your stuff and go, well, that's what that is. That's just man hating. It's like, it's not, if they've read any of it or really listened to it or read the books, they would get that that's not the case at all. Cause actually you say like you, especially because it shifted when you had children that you suddenly felt this mm-hmm. way, you felt, well, you explain it. I think it was this, this role that you had to deliver that was based on what society expected of you. That's exactly it. And, you know, often when I talk to people about it, um, People say, like, how do you deal with the hate comments? How do you deal with the pushback? And to be honest, I don't get much because, you know, someone will sometimes get a video of mine sent to them, like a husband will get my video sent to them. And I think the knee jerk reaction is like a little bit of shame and a little bit of defensiveness. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) That's what what it is, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But you keep like keep watching keep listening to what we're saying. It's what I said up front. This dynamic is harming women, but it's harming men. These relationships where they're not seeing each other for what they are, there's not active partnership. That ends in divorce. That ends in parallel relationships. Mm -hmm. That's unhappiness, isolation, not feeling connected to your kids, not feeling like you're able to be vulnerable with your partner. So anytime I get like a a hate comment, I'll immediately respond and clarify and say, no, this is about you. This is because we love you. We want you to be with us, please. Well, and the the stats will (laughs) say that divorced women are one of the happiest groups. The reason being that their life doesn't change that much because if they've got, if, I mean, there's lots of reasons to get divorced, but if one of the reasons they've got divorced, which I think is what we're probably seeing is because they've gone, do you know what? I'm more than this. 
and I'm doing all this stuff and he's not willing to change. And so they walk away. So their life doesn't get harder. But I mean, it might to a point if they've got to do kids on their own and stuff. But actually, if they're doing that anyway, they just don't then have the responsibility of caring for him, this man baby. (laughs) Whereas I see a lot of men, people who've split up, and suddenly they have to care for the kids on their own when it's their weekend, or they have to think of all this stuff. And that means it gets harder for them, but it's too late. Yeah. Another interesting statistic, and I was I was out to lunch. I had the incredible pleasure of going out to lunch with Eve Rodsky. Nice. And she is she is a pioneer. She is helping yeah. get all of these amazing research cohorts happening. She identified this stat that was wild to me. Men will enter care. They might enter care when they have a child, but a lot of them enter care. I think this, it, she said it was like divorce, obviously, mm-hmm. disability. So if their partner has another baby or is harmed or death, and their partner dies. Then they've so, got to take it on. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want that to be your entrance into care? Or do you want to be stable and reliable and caring and loving and make your family see, be seen and heard? Is that how you want to enter into the care role? Or do you want it to be because your partner died? <laughs> yeah. Or and divorce. The, yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be what, what happens. But one of the things you talk about is not only do we have this kind of internalized view of what we're supposed to be as a mom and a wife and all this stuff, which is based really on our parents in a completely different generation. My husband, Doug, and I, we grew up in really traditional households. Our parents are still together. Our mums worked, but they were the primary carer. Our dads went out and earned money, and it's worked for them, right? They're all still together. But I think we then slipped into those roles because that's all we knew until we had children. And then I was just so angry Mm -hmm. all the time. The rage, I felt this complete rage. In the last few years, we've really started to have these conversations. And he's read Matt, he read Matt Frey's books. We have Matt on the podcast. Men should be able to read women's books, obviously. But hearing it from a man's point of view, I think, was really helpful for him. And so we've then had, like, all these big conversations. But he was still, like, maybe six months ago, um, our cleaner couldn't come. And I was like, fuck, you know, that overwhelm of, like, oh, that, that that tips me over because if if I, that's another thing to put onto the list. And, and he's like, it's okay, well, I'll clean the bathroom for you. And I just went, <laughs> my eyes turned red. And I could see he was like backing away going, fuck, 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 fuck. Because he knew, he knew he'd said for you. And I was like, sorry, uh-huh. what? But at oh, least we could have that conversation. He was like, so yeah. I, was, I don't know why I said that. And I was like, it's fine that you said that as long as we then recognize why you said that. I'm not, it's not to have a go at you, but just acknowledge that that is in your head, that when the house gets cleaned, it's for me. Like that's mm-hmm. mad. But I think that you talk about that in loads of your posts where you just like that, oh, I've emptied the dishwasher for you. For you. <laughs> oh. And what do we do yeah. with that? Because that's so fundamental. If that's what everyone's thinking, and it's not just probably men thinking it, it's also us thinking like, oh, he's helped me by looking after the children, which is bullshit. So before my social media started getting really big, I just used TikTok to like talk about my job and sometimes I'd do a dance trend. (laughs) And one day I'm sitting in my car, just like scrolling before I had to go home and a video popped up on my For You page. And it was one of those where it was like a woman really upset at her husband 
And then it gets stitched. And this person pops up and she's like, help your wives, help your wives, men, help your wives around the house. And that was the first time I heard someone say weaponized incompetence. And Mm. I didn't come up with that phrase. I have been using it a lot, but that was the first time I heard it. Again, it was one of those moments where I was practically screaming (laughs) and I stitched her and I was like, I get what you're saying. Weaponized incompetence. That is light bulb moment. But the fact that you said help her. Mm -hmm. No, we are not doing that anymore. We are not Mm -hmm. helping your wife around the house. You are not helping your wife. You are pitching in. You are contributing. You are an equal partner. I am not being helped around the house (laughs) because that insinuates that perpetuates the idea that it was her responsibility in the first place. Yeah. And like, that's the core of what I'm trying to scream is I took it all on. You took it on. Why do we do that? I don't know in any partnership where there was a baby born and immediately the husband was like, I'm going to just distribute a little bit of flavor to my wife. She's going (laughs) to help me out with this new response. Never. I've never heard of a man read a bunch of baby books and then beg their wife, beg them to read them or to summarize and highlight and be like, I know you don't have time for this, but I just really think it's really important that we never, Mm -hmm. I know it happens. I know it happens, but I have not talked to those people yet. Yeah. 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 With the weaponizing competence, some people get really upset when you talk about that because you say like, if you, so this is a big one, right? If you can't leave the house without thinking that your kid's safe, this is one that you say, right? Then that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And people get really upset. Like, well, I can leave the house, but I have to. And it, and I think of particularly things like women leaving these lists when they're going somewhere. So they've got their night out or they've got their work trip, or whatever. And then they have to leave a meal planner for the week and they've got the food in and they've got like all of that stuff as if he's not capable. And part of you wants to sort of scream, have we married complete morons? Like, I would hope not. <laughs> Because, you know, you wouldn't aim for that. But the basic needs not being met is really interesting. Often it's with babies, right? Where you'll post someone like a man holding a baby and he's asleep. Yes. Okay. So one of the things about the internet is that it's hard to find nuance. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. I went out of town for an entire week. I was feeling very chaotic. Before I left, I left a couple of pages of instructions Here's the difference about that. Mm -hmm. My husband and I work opposite schedules. So I do the pickup from school. I cook them dinner and then I put them to bed. I do that every night because my husband still had to work. My mom came in from out of Mm -hmm. town and took over those like four hours at the end of the day, you know? So what I did was I was like, here are five foods my kids are currently eating that I can convince them to eat. Mm -hmm. I gave my mom a couple of times. And then I was like, call Jack. Like if anything goes wrong, call my husband. I am Mm -hmm. off because he is the capable adult in the situation. And then my mom went, my mom was there on the four weeknights he had to work. And then they kissed goodbye and all weekend. And the next couple of days when he was home from work, I don't have to tell him anything. He knows the schedule because he's, paying attention, we have the chance to parent together. But let me add this. 
a lot of people get upset because they are stay-at-home parents and have a particular way of doing it or have had more practice with it. And it's a both thing. Like sometimes they cling so tightly to knowing what's going on mm-hmm. that they haven't empowered their partner to take an yeah. action. Or it's to be done in a certain way, right? So then if it's not done the exact way, you don't let right. it go because you want it done your way, which actually doesn't teach anyone anything. No. And that's a fixable dynamic. And that's mm-hmm. fine and reasonable. And, you know, that's the socialization that we're in. Mm-hmm. What I am not okay with, and when I'm saying, like, you got to think hard about why you don't feel safe leaving your kids, mm-hmm. is sometimes they don't go to bed. Sometimes they don't eat. Sometimes the house is a mess and it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. That's mm-hmm. dangerous. That's something completely different. And they get mad about that because it's a real tough thing to face. Well, one of the things that you posted, and this was this is one that I shared and it made me really, it's definitely one I want to talk about. Resentment will ruin your relationship. When you don't assert your needs for fear of the reaction you're going to get, that's rumination. And when you are ruminating on something, when you are keeping it in, when you are crossing your own boundary, when you are not asserting your needs, that's how you get resentment. And then what happens when you're feeling resentful? You may stonewall, you may boil over, you may get so mad, you scream. You may sacrifice your needs so much that you are living a parallel life to your partner or you have no connection to them. You're setting yourself up to fail if you do not address your own needs. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And it made me think because it's scary because if if you read all about this, right, and you understand that your partner isn't sharing the load with you and it's making you feel resentful and it's and it potentially going to end your relationship and all that stuff. And if you're telling them this and you're communicating this and they still won't do anything, that's what people are afraid of, right? It, yes. What does it leave you with? It's exactly it. It might be that you are afraid that your kids won't be safe. Mm-hmm. It might be truly that you think they aren't going to be cared for. And mm-hmm. that is something you need to answer for yourself. It also might be like you said, I'm afraid to ask for what I need because if they can't do that for me and if they won't do that for me, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can live with that reality. Yeah. Where does that leave you? I get a lot of DMs that's like, wow, conceptualizing things around the house with like, you know, conception, planning, execution, looking at the mental load has started these great conversations with my partner and I, I finally have the language. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. Just as often I get, I finally had the courage to face that my partner cannot meet my needs the way I need them to. And I have Mm -hmm. left. Thank you. Which is really tricky for you to put your (laughs) head around, I guess, because it's like, well, this, is this a good thing? Or is this about like, that's ultimately their needs aren't being met. Right. Right. And are you okay with that? Some people, for the safety of their kids or because they need a roof over their head or whatever, have to stay. But Mm -hmm. that might mean like, okay, but I am going to find a way to be with my loved ones or girlfriends who love me. Or I am going to find a way to travel or just like at least prioritize myself because my partner is not going to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes 
when we had a guest who is on the previous week to you, um, Aileen, Tinder translator, she is on, on Instagram. And she was saying that when she started to prioritise herself, that's when her relationship ended because her partner couldn't handle it. And it's like, well, that's probably the reality, right? And that's when you're saying, like, what are you afraid of? That's what people are afraid of until they're yeah. not anymore because they're like, I can't do this, which is big. Yeah. That's really big. And I guess the societal shift that we're seeing needs changes in relationships. Um, so Lucy responded on Instagram. When I shared that post, the what are you afraid of post, um, she came back and she said, it's made me challenge where the rage and resentment actually spawns. I channel it towards my husband, but could it be my inner tussle with the societal norms and expectations that I mistook for instructive when I morphed from young professional to working mum, from girlfriend to wife? Dare to me, who said, I might as well wash his pants too, as I was putting on a wash. And since having kids, I've been raging against the machine in every sense and roundly ignoring my needs, which make it okay for him to do the same. It was easier than thinking or us talking about it. Wow. Yeah. And I was wow. like, well, that's probably loads of women would say the exact same thing, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's very well put. My eldest is 11, right? So I've got 11, mm-hmm. 10 and 4. So I'm in a different phase. But when my eldest two were little, and I've written about how angry I was, I was fucking livid all the time. But I couldn't work out why. And all that rage was directed at my husband. I was angry, as this woman said, like with what was my role now and why is it changing? Why is it all on me? Because it felt like it was all on me, not just from him, but from every direction there was this expectation and I and I didn't know what to do with it. But I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it to him or even to myself. Yeah. I'm so happy that I do get messages often like that one. I had no idea what was going on inside me. I just knew I was mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. And... I also hear people saying, I brought it up at home and their light bulb moment went off. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they got it. And now we are working toward something new. I had someone come to me recently, male, female partner, and the male partner said, I am so upset that I couldn't hear this and I didn't understand this and I didn't get it until it was like shoved in my face. And now he's like, going through the grief because so many partners, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm a, like, I'm a feminist partner. I'm here to empower my wife. Yeah. Yes. Like woo women's equality. And then it's like, just get me a list. Get me a list. babe. I'll help out. Um, Can we talk about list actually? Can we talk (laughs) about the list? Because I see that a lot. And even women who are saying how great their husbands are, well, I just give him a list like that. That's Mm -hmm. the, that's the solution. And I right. guess that leads us to talk about the fair play system, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't do a list with the fair play system. No, th- there's a little tagline. It's just like lists alone don't work. You no, because they don't. And they're infuriating. <laughs> well, you explain it. Explain like the whole, the idea of being like the director of the household. So I like to call it the default domestic engineer. Mm-hmm. It's the one who's like lining up everything. It's making sure everything works. And I was talking to my friend Tiffany about this. We just got back from this retreat where we did like immersive fair play. It was awesome. And she said the breaking point for her partnership was noticing that they were low on her partner's underwear. So she opens up the underwear drawer and immediately goes, we're low on underwear. How many pairs did we even pack for this trip? Do I need to do laundry? 
if I do the laundry, I'm going to need to take the car and get the groceries while I'm out there. Did I start the list for the groceries? I'm going to have to check the pantry to see what we're out of. What meals are we having this week? Hmm. The immediate landslide snowball situation of all of it. That's the mental load. That's the domestic engineering. Mm -hmm. And with the fair play system, instead of being responsible for all of those pieces, um, you take specific parts. So instead of being like, I need to take the trash out while I go to the car to get the groceries for all the meal plans, you know the, that a couple of those pieces are not your responsibility. Someone else is figuring out when the trash goes out and maybe has already given you a meal plan because they're the weeknight meal person. The physical manifestation that Eve Rodsky came up with is 100 cards, right? So it's like yes. 100 tasks that happen at home and they get divvied out, basically. Exactly. And yeah. not just in list form, not just mm -hmm. in here are all of the things we need to do. There are 100 cards. They're mm -hmm. all broken up. You know, some are bigger tasks than others. There are 30 daily grind tasks like weekend, weekday meals, groceries, laundry dishes, those annoying, repetitive ones. And you basically say you hold this card and you hold this card. There's not just one person divvying them up, not one person mm -hmm. directing. Having to do all the thought of, well, we need to get bread in because it's packed lunches next week and blah, 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 blah. It's that ticker tape of stuff that makes you feel like you're drowning. Like it yes. becomes so much that you, you can't, you're not doing anything well. And just, it's exhausting to, if you're that person all the time, right? Exactly. Like you said, it addresses. So the term is the conception, the planning and the execution. Yes. I love this. And it, it takes work to truly hand it off. Like I said, a lot of times if there's a stay-at-home parent or let's be realistic, often this is just divided by gender. Letting go of anticipating your family's needs or letting go of that snowball effect of noticing the laundry needs to be done, it takes time. But I will confidently tell you, I can walk in the house and not notice the laundry anymore because it's not my card. I don't have to think about when or how or if we're getting low or if our kids are growing out of a size. It's not my responsibility. But my husband, in turn, doesn't have to think about the dishes being done because mm -hmm. I will get it done. It's part of my plan. It's a card I hold. We're just on the laundry. So that conception planning execution. So, for example, we've had rows in the past where Doug's gone, I did the laundry. And what he means is he's put a wash on. Right. But he hasn't. Yeah. So he hasn't understood exactly as you just said, like, do these clothes fit anymore before I put them back in the drawer and putting the clothes away and hanging them out to dry. And also I've got three kids. There is a lot of washing. It's never done. You can't just kind of go, oh, there wasn't any washing today. There is always, yeah. always washing. But that piece, that conception planning and execution I think you guys say that basically a lot of men go to execute. If they're given a list, they go to execution. So which is put a yes. wash on, maybe hang it up. It's not the full follow through of all the stuff like, oh, and he needs rugby kit tomorrow. Oh, they've got sports day. It's that stuff that's just not part of it unless you start to see it in this way. That's exactly it. You know, earlier you asked, like, what is the impact? What is the real impact of this? Women are out of the workforce. Women lack opportunities. Their wellness and stress are increased higher cortisol levels. 
that data we do have, you know, women are doing two to three times the unpaid labor, and that includes the planning. Like you said, you mentioned rugby. Kids mm-hmm. sports is its own card all right. in and of itself. That's not just, I took the kids to rugby. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will say that, well, I'm handling that this week. I'm taking them there. I'm sitting mm-hmm. there with them. No, no, no. Who made sure that all of the stuff was planned? Who's communicating with the coaches? Who's scheduling all of the practices? Yeah. Who is who? Snacks. Snacks, participating with the other parents. And okay, this one kills me. I don't know if it's like that where you are. When you figure out that registration is happening, you have to like camp out at the computer the second registration opens. We have that with um, with our school have changed the system, but they used to have that. So it was like first come, first serve. So you had to yes. be literally, and it would be on a work a weekday, on a work day. Yeah. And like, well, it comes out at five and then it wouldn't come out at five. It would come at eight minutes past five and everyone's going mental on the WhatsApp. It's like, oh God, we're not getting there. It's so stressful. Exactly. Oh. And are they going to be on the team with yeah. their friends? Yes. And if they don't make it, who's going to deal with the emotional outfall of that yeah 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 <laughs> it sounds really small when you look at these things in isolation and that's I think where you probably get some men just being like oh god what are you moaning about and it's like until they understand this bit so like Doug took on the food shop well the first time he did it I think we had two packets of beef mints some red wine and some lemons and a bag of rocket and I was like that's not going to feed a family of time four <laughs> But I think I'd written a couple of things on a list, like in the kitchen, which was stuff we needed for something. He took that as the whole shop. And we still have had this battle. So he, it's like sometimes he'll do it and he'll execute brilliantly. Sometimes he won't look in the cupboard. So then you've mm. got four loads of stuff that's going to go off or we've got no kitchen roll or there's no toilet roll. Like some of the fun, all like washing powder. And it's only when I could sit down and go, right, because I now understand this system or just the whole mindset behind mental load. I was like, if you don't get toilet roll, that means at some point in my day, the next day, I have to factor in going to the shop and I have to obviously go and pick that up. And if you forgot the kids have packed lunches tomorrow and we've got no bread, I've got to go and get that. And you're not taking the job away from me. You're, you're leaving right. me to try and fit it in when I wasn't expecting to. So if anything, it's worse. And I think when I could explain that, he, he did understand and he does understand. And I got him to listen to. There's a really good clip on the Motherkind podcast, which I'll put in as a link. And it's Eve explaining the principle of conception planning execution in a context. And he was like, oh, that is good. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and I think it's okay to say you might have to go yes. through this stuff a few times, right? Because yes. otherwise you might do it once and they're just like, what is this shit? Like, I don't understand yeah. this. And then they disengage. So you, it's like a whole communication piece that's ongoing, right? Yes. This episode is sponsored by the brilliant boutique mortgage and insurance broker, Hudson Rose. They're a bit different to your usual, some might say stuffy mortgage brokers. They're a lovely, passionate team who put the customer at the heart of everything they're doing. If you have a mortgage up for renewal in the next six months, you may be feeling a sense of panic with everything going on in the news. Hudson Rose want you to give them a call. You can have a virtual cup of tea together or go into one of their branches if you're in Gloucestershire and chat it all through. They've said you do have options and they are here to help. They will donate £50 to your local food bank if you say don't buy her flowers when you contact them. And their website is hudson-rose.co.uk. There are links in the notes of this episode to their website and Instagram. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And one of the pieces that I really love about Fair Play and was very intentional being built in is if you mess up, you fix it. Mm -hmm. So that means when there's toilet, you call it toilet roll. I love that. When toilet paper, you're out of it, you're responsible for fixing it. And the more you have to fix the mistakes, like one time my husband forgot to do the laundry in time for a spirit week at school where spirit week is where the kids like every day of the week have to wear something different. And then it was right. And they told us like the three days before. Perfect. Yeah. So it was Friday and she didn't have the dress. She freaked out. Mm. She was so mad. Total tantrum. It was a mess. He was responsible for dealing with that because he was the one who didn't follow through on the full planning and execution. So while I was there to give a hug, I was like, I love you. I'm tapping yeah. out of this one because. Well, and also that puts some responsibility the on them. Yeah. And also, if the kids yeah. have pissed off and they always turn to you, mom, yes. to go, ah, and you forgot this and you didn't do this. Again, it's like, and, and I suppose the, the big thing on this is you're then perpetuating that so that that's what they will think when they're in relationships. And, and yes. do you want this for your kids? Is maybe if you can't see that you deserve this for yourself what about the fact that you are handing this over to your kids who will also think, because that's what we've all done, isn't it? And again, that's not no blame to our parents, Mm -hmm. but they were products of whatever they were products of. And so we learned from that, that this is how we're supposed to do it, except we don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then 
I just have been thinking of this in such a, even a bigger framework is at least my parents' generation were not really parented that much. Mm-hmm, there were mm-hmm. so many kids, you know, my dad's the oldest of eight. I don't think he ever really learned that these things were actually caring. Yeah. So he didn't learn that feeding your kids, paying attention to all these little things that they kind of just thought it was what happened. Like it was just done. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. You said something earlier about how, like, why are you complaining about this thing? And then they see the big picture. Sometimes partners who don't understand the mental load will say, you're worrying about things that don't matter. And you're, you're right. You're wincing. Mm. These things matter a lot. There is mm-hmm. so much weight to creating a life that reflects your family's values. Your life is different than my life because yeah. of these tiny moments. Mm-hmm. And when people don't see that, when the non-default doesn't see that, who they're missing out. <laughs> yeah. When the, Matt Frey talks about that in his book about this is validation, right? So some, if you just go, but that doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not important. It's not a big deal. And he basically says that that will end your relationship because over mm-hmm. time, what you're saying is you're not important. I don't value what you're saying. And therefore I'm going to carry on as I am. And I think yeah. one, um, there's a, a, big, a massive platform where it was five, 10 years ago called Mumsnet in the UK. Okay. And I remember, and this must have been our older two kids were quite small. I hadn't had the third yet. And there was this post that went a bit viral and it was about a post-it note where a lady put, fuck you, you can pick this up on top of like <laughs> pants on the floor or fuck uh-huh. you, you'll clean the dishes. And she put it on everything. And what she was saying is when you leave your shit everywhere and you don't do the things you've said you do and you don't follow through. That's how that makes me feel. Yeah. And I had a conversation with Doug at the time and he was like, but that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm, I don't mean to think that. And I was like, doesn't matter because that's how it makes me feel. And it really helped us to then, if he'd left something in a really stupid place or just didn't do it, I would say, oh, look, fuck you, Steph, you'll do that. And he was like, (laughs) because for loads of these men as well, I hate to say it, but their mums did pick up their shit. Yep. So there's an expectation. They're not, again, they're not doing it out of malice most of the time, but it's Mm -hmm. like, who do you think's picking that up? And also, if you treat me like I'm your mum, I am not having sex with you. I don't, it's not a turn on. That is something that I wish that I could verbalize more clearly is, Mm -hmm you knew it was care when it was happening to you. Yes. So why don't you think I deserve it in return? That's it right there. I'm caring yeah. for you when I do these things. I am providing yeah. for you. I'm supporting you in your career when I take time out of my day to do things for our house because you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. You don't see the value in it, yet you understand that it takes up so much room in your brain, you just don't have time for it. So who <laughs> has time for it? Yeah. Who? Me? Yeah, that time piece, because actually that's one. So back to the kind of conception, planning and execution. I don't buy presents and cards for Doug's family, right? Mm -hmm. That's on him, which quite often means they don't get any. But I I feel that, I feel that like, oh, everyone's going to be judging me because they'll be thinking behind their kind of outward view. Like they'd never say, oh, Steph's rubbish. But they're probably thinking, why didn't Steph remind him to buy that? But Doug will say, and I'll be like, Doug, you missed someone's birthday, that shit. He'll be like, oh, I didn't have the time. And that whole piece about conception, planning, execution, hammered that home to him today. Because I was like, you have as much time. 
It's just that you haven't thought about it. And that is a very different thing to I haven't had the time. Yeah, it's I haven't had the time and I haven't made the time. Yeah, but you have the time. You Somehow yeah, you yeah. have the time. That whole piece about valuing yourself and that time is something that you and Eve talk about. One of the big pushbacks, I guess, that probably, and people might be listening to this as well and thinking is, a reason for me to do everything at home is because he earns the money or he earns more money in his role, right? For lots of couples. I know you guys go into an explanation about time and the value of time. And I'd love for you to go into that. So the example she uses is like, you can't put a money amount on holding your kid's hand at the pediatrician's office. Mm -hmm. When we use money as the default measure of value, you know, $10 is $10, but the magic of feeling seen and heard, the uh, showing up for your partner in a time of need, the comforting your child when they don't get the rugby league that they wanted to be a part of. You can't put a dollar amount on those things. And even when you outsource stuff, when you do save yourself a little bit of time, like I said, your cleaning person was unavailable. You had to deal with that, which means like coordinating with them, making sure you have cleaning supplies in the house, all of that still takes time and energy and everybody deserves equal rest. Everyone. Mm. That's always the answer I have when someone says, okay, but I'm a stay at home or I don't make money or, but you deserve to clock out as much as they do. You have to begin to see each task. Oh, it's okay. I'll do it. I'll add it. It's fine. I got it. I'll do the gifts. I have time for that. You don't. You only have enough room for what you have room for. And there's this idea that women magically have more time or they magically have the space, but we're engineering it just the same way you show up for work and you say, okay, I've got 15 things I got to get done. I'm going to set deadlines, figure out how they're all going to get done. A lot of men are not adding the domestic stuff to that plate. They aren't seeing that those are also responsibilities that they can work in. And if both of you don't have time for it, then maybe you need to readjust your standards. Maybe you need to do less dishes or worry yeah. less I about I mean, expectations walk. definitely get lower the more children you have. And that has actually kind of helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't feel fair. It's not playing fair. If my whole time is doing all the jobs and doing all the caring, whereas a, a work generally has a start and an end point. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It, do, it doesn't feel fair and it leads to resentment. And another thing that you say is that resentment will kill your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I'm trying to communicate more and even with myself, um, especially because of how I came to my own understanding of this, is that I was crossing my own boundaries. Mm. It's why I lean into that question so much is what are you afraid of? Mm. Is asking for what you need going to blow up your relationship is saying, I do not have room for this. And your partner says, well, I don't have room for it either. That's pushing back on your boundary. You said, I don't have room for this. And they're Mm -hmm. pushing back on your boundary. You have the choice. Okay. I'm going to cross it. It's fine. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Or are you going to say no, the way that Mm -hmm. you say you don't have time for it. I don't have time for it either. That's where it's difficult because then you get to the, you load in the guilt, right? I've talked to quite a few people. We've had some men on and they generally don't feel that guilt and they've said it. And when we also had a gay man, he doesn't feel it in his relationship. They've got two children now, 
but when you heap that on, that's the that's the difficulty with that. Having that standoff, going well, I haven't got time for that, and you haven't got time for that. But then I think what often happens is that you go, oh well, I'll just have to do it. Yes. And then you're just in this cycle, aren't you? Yes. What helped me understand what I was doing is I was okay with my own discomfort for everybody else's comfort. And for example, I would get the wrong coffee order in the morning. Like someone would hand me the wrong thing and I'd be like, it's okay. I'll just throw it away. It's not something I know. I'm not important. You're saying you're not important. Exactly. And so I'm trying really hard to practice not feeling like being direct or asking for what I need is rude. This is why this conversation is so massive, because the wider implications are so huge. And this is one thing that you maybe can control to kickstart yourself on this journey. It's how you do it at home with a partner, right? Yeah. And if your partner is continuously telling you, well, I don't have time for that. Can you get this done? I'm going to help you match that energy, mirror it. They don't feel like they're hurting you. Like you said, I'm never doing this out of malice. Okay, do it back because you're not doing it out of malice either, right? Mm -hmm. Just be like, I don't have time for that. You got it today, right? If Mm -hmm. they are comfortable doing that to you, do it back. Yeah. You don't have to do it in a petty way. You don't have to do it in a rude way. That's what quite often happens though, right? That's, again, to understand this and read the book and follow you and try and get the language for it before you have those conversations, mm-hmm. I think is really important because otherwise it, you could just come across like you're going, I don't like it. It's not fair. And that isn't at, it isn't fair, but just, I think when we've had the best result from the conversations we've had, it's when I've really thought about it, probably even written some stuff down mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and worked it all out and been able to put across a really clear argument that's not, one that's just really confrontational. Try to get people in your corner, you know, Mm -hmm. listen to podcasts like yours, Mm -hmm. read books, get that courage to understand that your needs matter Mm -hmm. because they do. And it cuts down on that, like petty. Like I said, it's just like, no, I don't have time for this. No, my capacity is only this. And I'm not saying it to punish you. And I'm not trying to be rude to my husband. He's not being rude to me when he says I don't have time for it. Hmm. We need to honor each other's needs, check in about what our capacity is every week and actually take this seriously so I don't continue to take on the brunt of it. I don't carry the guilt of it not getting done Hmm. because in a partnership, it's unfair. Like you said, it's unfair for one person to be carrying that guilt and responsibility. Mm-hmm. You got to share, share the guilt, pass the guilt yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone have some. But one of the reasons I guess that, that this is hard is that initially it will make a man's life, if we're talking about male-female relationship, it will make his life harder because this is new, right? So if suddenly he has to think about the meal plan or the food shop or all this shit that you've had on your head and he hasn't Mm -hmm. it will initially make his life harder which is why there's going to be some resistance and some Mm -hmm. defensiveness right so why should they do it what's in it great question think about all of the time you have spent feeling nagged getting in huge arguments where you ignore each other for the next three days Mm -hmm. getting yelled at feeling like you are not the invisible work that you're doing, where you're putting the wash in, where you are 
taking the list and going to the grocery store where you continue to feel unappreciated Mm -hmm. for the work you're putting in. Take all of that energy, put it into learning how to own even one single task, take the entire thing so she doesn't have to think about it at all, and it will change your relationship. It will be life-changing to take that energy that is negative and feels like it is fracturing your partnership, Mm -hmm. your relationship with your kids, put it into connecting. It feels so rewarding. You feel connected to your partner. They feel seen and cared for. Your labor is seen. Why wouldn't you? Why Mm. wouldn't you want to take that negative energy and put it somewhere positive? And and until they do it, I think it's quite hard for them to feel. They're not going to know what that's going to feel like, I guess. So they've got to to be open to it. And again, some men are going to and some men aren't. And that's probably Mm -hmm. going to impact your relationship. But like Doug's in charge of medical with the kids. So Mm -hmm. anything that's like if they've got to go for an appointment or A&E or like my daughter's got junior rheumatoid arthritis and this is quite a new thing. So it's been taking her to appointments, getting weekly physio and doing that physio with her at home. And he's in charge of that. And two things going on. One is that I can see that that's bonding their relationship because he's caring for her in in what would probably be seen as more of a traditional maternal way, really. Mm -hmm. But also I sometimes feel weird about it because I feel like, other people will think, oh, that's strange. Why is he doing that? And Steph's not involved. And I have to then talk, my, like, why Why do I feel like that? Well, that's because of society and that's because I'm the... And I, I still know what's happening and I'm there and I'm, you know, giving her a cuddle, whatever. But it's really interesting that ultimately he feels closer to her. He's helping mm-hmm. her in a way that a lot of men don't. Then I think he can start to go, yeah, no, that's my role and take some pride in it and feel like that's his place in our family. And that has an impact. And then I feel nicer. So I'm nicer to him because I'm like, he took that thing and he owned it and he is in charge of appointments and the whole lot. So it's massive when you look at it like that. I mean, you said it earlier, but it's sexy. Yeah. Oh, my God. So many women say they love a man who takes charge. And maybe that's like old school and traditional. Yeah. But yeah. at the core of it, isn't it being direct and understanding people's needs and anticipating them and seeing them? Like picking a good date spot is simply paying attention to your partner. Yeah. That's really at the base of it. So when you have someone you love and they are paying attention to your needs and they are seeing you, and they they are connecting with you and providing for your family. Mm -hmm. That's what I think providing for your family means. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. being there for them. You can see them like puff their chest out like, wow, I'm feeling really empowered as a man in this relationship. And you see their confidence and their participation. That is a good look. (laughs) And it it follows then that like Mabel will go to him about various things like because he also has that role like because I think that must be one of the big barriers right that you've got people just going well I don't they can't see the benefit to it and and whether they're verbalizing or not like again we had this conversation where Doug was like my life is harder because I don't just leave the house at seven in the morning and leave you to it because we have a discussion every week about all right I'm doing this drop off you're doing that pick up whatever 
and, and he's not doing it in a moany way. He's just like, oh, this is really interesting. It does make life a bit harder. I can't be single-minded of going like, mm-hmm. what am I doing today? I'm going to put on my pants. He's got to go like, oh, I've got to get to this place and leave at this time and pick up that food. And so mm-hmm. it's it's worth it. And I think it's probably important that we acknowledge it, but sometimes you really don't want to because you just think, well, screw you. I've been doing this for ages. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Darby Saxby has a study about in male female couples cortisol levels and when they rise and fall and when men see their partners relax they relax okay yeah so (laughs) instead of of walking around like tight-lipped feeling really like banging drawers and all that stuff which is what they're getting more of the time yes and and partnerships you know that are more equal and where they feel like they're more fair they last longer there's more sex there's more relational satisfaction and you know eve says it in her book which is legacy you don't want your kids to stand up on the podium after you've died and say well you know he had a good job (laughs) you want him to say you know he cared for me and he helped me with my arthritis when i was a little kid i always felt connected mm. to him that way and i think that's probably a good one to point out when men are thinking about their own dads because yes. probably most of them they went out and earned and that's not to say that's not good enough but in the world that we've moved into it's not enough mm-hmm. yeah absolutely what would you say if someone has a partner who is point blank refusing to engage they won't discuss this they're not hearing it, they won't change, they don't see the need to because life's sweet, my dinner's on the table at six o'clock or whatever, but also they won't consider therapy and they can't get through, what do they do? If it's possible to go to therapy yourself, that's Mm. what I would say. Because it's that it all stems back to that question of what are you afraid of? What in you do you need and what boundaries do you need to set? What are you afraid of setting? And you're the only one who can figure out how you need to advocate for yourself in that situation. And like I said, maybe that means you have to stay married for various reasons. Maybe that means you have to find different ways to get your needs met. Maybe they're so excellent and funny and sweet and they make you feel loved. They just can't do the chores. You you are the only one who knows what you need, but you have to face it. And if you can get support for that, please do. But to be real with yourself, are you okay with this? Really? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be. You're allowed Mm -hmm. to say that this is too much and you don't like it. And that can be it. I don't like this. It doesn't feel good. I don't love, I don't feel loved in this situation. And Mm -hmm. that's, it's okay. It's hard, isn't it? Because of the implications that has, it's big. And I can see why that would leave so many people feeling trapped. And then you've got societal expectations, although I feel like those will change because now nearly 50% of marriages end in divorce. Like we're not willing to just sit and and go with it. And maybe it's a bigger understanding of mental health and all that stuff that means that we kind of go, oh, we know we should value ourselves, whether we do or not. Mm -hmm. We we have learned that that is important. So maybe that changes things. Yeah. But you're doing an amazing job with it. Do you ever, like, is it all rosy now? Is it all perfect at home in the danger household? Or do you sometimes <laughs> go, you said you were going to put the wash on? Yeah. <laughs> no. And actually, let me give you a real life example of yeah, this week. <laughs> my husband and I had to have a really big 
conversation because I was out of town Mm -hmm. for an entire week. And this is the longest trip I've taken since my kids have been alive. And it was flawless. It was awesome. And I felt so empowered to do that. And I was gone and I, you know, I facilitated this fair play retreat. It was like the second we woke up till the second we went to bed, I was with these people and we were having conversations. We went on a million adventures, but um, I was sort of like digging into my own stuff too Mm -hmm. while I was there. And I came home and I wasn't doing the dishes very well. I was leaving like quite a few dishes in the sink, even though it was my responsibility. And it hasn't been an issue in the last couple of years, but I used to bug him like a lot about the dishes and why isn't the sink empty before you go to work and all this. And he was like, I have to say, it's starting to piss me off that you aren't holding yourself to the same standard you held me to. And we had this like two day back and forth where I was like, but you don't understand why I'm okay with the dishes because I'm doing dinner. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if there are a few because I'll wash them before I do dinner and you might not see it, but I was explaining myself and we were going back and forth and it just was not clicking. And finally he was like, I just don't get what's different now. And I said, I used to think you were hurting my feelings on purpose and robbing Mm -hmm. me of my time by Mm -hmm. not doing that. And I don't see you as doing that anymore. Like I, I get it. You just didn't have the time for it. And we needed to figure out a different way to deal our cards. And he was like, why didn't you just say that in the first place? (laughs) So now we can just talk about the dishes now Mm -hmm. because we separated that it was old resentment and old anger and not the dishes. Like now that we have the fair play system in place, Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just getting back. I'm like, obviously totally scatterbrained. I have not been gone this long for a long time. But I knew you were doing something that was exciting you, right? So I guess it's probably also a little bit of a role reversal of what traditionally or what we know as traditional would be where a bloke goes off and all this stuff goes on because we had similar where I was away. I've run a gift business and my warehouse is a couple of hours away. So I'll go and I'll go and stay down there for a couple of days and come back. And we had a few weeks in a row where I would come back and the house would be just chaos like swimming stuff left in bags and washing not done and I was coming back I was like just livid that this wasn't happening and and he dog wasn't prioritizing it and and, I mean they're different scenarios completely different but it's almost just going that's still going to happen and then you have to pause and go so what's happening here and we need to relook at it and we need to and I guess this is marriage, right? It's really fucking hard <laughs> and it's not over. You don't win at it. You don't do it and go, oh, well, we, we've worked that out. Something will shift and then you'll go again. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, okay, once I implement this, when will it be fixed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a tool for communicating about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's amazing is, you know, before this would have been a huge blow up fight and this time it was like, okay, no, let's solve the problem. What actually happened here? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's to be expected when one adult, when you have kids and one adult is gone for a couple of days, things are going to be crazy when you get back. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is that you get to go and the kids are safe. Yeah. I get to go and the kids are safe. 
And like, that's all we can ask, right? To feel empowered, to go follow our dreams and do things and have rest and yeah, communicating yeah, and about it in the background is great. Having the conversation, then Doug was like, do you know what? Yeah, because I think he, he was like, well, I, I didn't know you were going to get back at the time you did. I would have cleaned up later. And I was like, but, but I'm not your mum. Don't clean up for me again. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just be, you've got it. That If you're in that role, you have to stay on top of it because that's being an adult and having a home and a, and a family mm-hmm. and then you have to participate in that so yeah. but and it but, takes practice you, yeah, it yeah, does yeah. like engineering and being like when am I going to do this but that is mental load yeah and it yeah. takes practice but he's 100% capable yeah oh it's <laughs> awesome thank you so much Laura I'm, I, it's, it's one of my favorite things and I'm going away with my girlfriends next week on a girls trip that was uh, like Woo! belated 40 and I know that this is what we'll be talking about oh, for quite a considerable amount of time it'll be like going through all the stuff so I will be yeah and isn't it sharing. so cool that we can talk about it with our friends and it's like out in the open The hugest thank you to Laura. The number of conversations I've had with people since we recorded this and I've referenced things that she says. So I hope it's resonated with you. And also it really does help with the language for having conversations rather than just saying, this is shit, I do everything, I don't like it, which doesn't really work. Um, We mentioned a few books in this episode and a short clip of Eve Rodsky explaining the fair play method. And I've put links to all that in the notes. Um, We also mentioned a previous episode with Matt Frey, who wrote, this is how your marriage ends. And I get a lot of messages about that episode, especially from women saying they've sent it to their male partners. So one to go back and listen to if you haven't heard it already. And I would love for you to review this episode. I really appreciate everyone who's done that. We've got five star rating and also share it around send us your whatsapp groups share with your partner put it on social media maybe things will change as laura said it's going to take a while and a lot of communication so i suppose try not to feel hopeless if you're suddenly really clear on what needs to happen but your partner isn't there straight away Uh, doug and i have been talking and reading about this for uh, more for the last year as i mentioned and we're still working it out Um, i keep threatening to get him to do an episode with me as i think it would be really interesting to see how he's viewed all the conversations we've had we'll see thank you to hudson rose for sponsoring our relationship episodes of this series do have a look at them if you have a remortgage coming up and there's a lot going on in the world at the moment so good luck everyone i hope you have a good week and you manage to look after yourself hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.